Welcome back to Mind Over Movies, man. Yeah. We're your hosts, Casey Hubbard. And Mikey Ike. Whoa. Whoa. You could say we're celebrating the holiday the right way. Tuesday is my favorite holiday of the week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great holiday. I mean, I'm... What up? We don't... Happy, uh, happy like, um, 420 day. I don't... Yeah. I don't know if that bears any, like, significance in the culture. I just keep seeing, like, like Dogecoin is supposed to hit yeah. uh, $4.20. So, I mean, maybe that's why people keep saying uh, happy 420. I don't know, man. I don't know either. I just don't I mean, get it. But, hey, if you got if you got some Dogecoin, congratulations to you, because I'm making a pretty penny. Man, yeah, I I just, I can't figure this holiday out. But, you know why we do have cause to celebrate? Why? Because we have such devoted, beautiful listeners who asked us amazing questions for uh, this very special question and answer episode. Yeah, can we get get an applause from the audience, please? Cue studio applause. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's no can't. There's nothing canned about that applause right there. That was all real. Exactly. Well, this is in front of a live studio audience. This is the special Mind Over Movies Q and A episode. Uh, it'll it'll, uh, it'll come right from the from the audience that's right here with us tonight. Yes. Um, can we can we hear some more of that applause? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let's do it. Yay. Yeah. That's that's what I like to hear. We got about okay, well, 350 people here with us tonight. Sounds like a hungry crowd. Let's let's yeah. let's get those hippos some pearls, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Let's get the let's get these balls rolling. Heck and, yeah! Uh, like start asking some questions. Okay, are you ready, Kate? Yeah, yeah. Let's just jump right into this. This is what they want. This is what they want to hear. Okay, so starting right off, you know, in the heart in the heart of these questions, probably the most emotional one. Who would win in a fight, Chunky Kong or Funky Ch- Funky Kong? And this comes from Thad. Oh, good old Thad. Um, let's see. In a in a fight, Chunky Kong or Funky Kong? Um, I can't say that I know Chunky Kong all that well. But yeah. I do know Funky Kong. Uh, I think grandparent of Donkey Kong, maybe, uh, or relative of somehow. And he's got like the bandana and uh yeah and like sunglasses i think he's he gives me big big dick energy definitely would probably win in a fight you know yeah i i I don't know a lot about chunky kong he doesn't exactly sound like he's in shape yeah no i'm gonna go ahead and get said go with funky kong as well Uh, well okay rip off like why huh well because your reasoning because uh i guess chunky kong has i i know a little bit more about chunky kong than you um, and let oh. me tell you, he's lost uh, his past uh, three fights now. Are you freaking kidding? Yeah, he went up against Clunky Kong, and Clunky Kong still beat him. I mean, That's come on, insane! I know. So what a what a chump! Yeah, right. That's exactly why I'm going for Funky Kong. Just saying. Okay. All right. All right. So it it, it sounds. That sounds like an intense fight. Thank you, Thad, for your question. Yes, thank you. Uh, Very much, Thad. Here's another great question. They're all great, by the way. Spoiler alert. True. What are your thoughts 
on Shrek 2? And this question comes from Brandon. Oh, yes. Um, it's a good movie. I mean, all memes aside, I, I like Shrek 2. It's okay, actually my favorite yeah, one. Like, like, how does it compare? Yeah, to the first, do you like it more? Yeah, I, I like it more than the first. I mean, the first was really good, but I don't know. It's just the second one is... I laugh harder at the second one than I do the first one, to be honest with you. Bro, might I might I check your passion right now? It's not sounding like you you've got the most uh <laughs> the most like uh <laughs> I want to say steez, but I don't think it's the right word. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you have the most uh pathos for freaking track two right now. It's the most pathos. Um no, I do love Trek 2. I haven't watched it in a long time. But, uh... Freaking amateur. Listen... Let me tell Brandon some real Shrek 2 thoughts, okay? Okay, okay. You, you mind, tell him some real Shrek 2 thoughts. if I take thoughts. the mic take, real quick? Take the, the MF and mic, bro. Shrek 2 isn't only the best Shrek movie. It is an example of what all great sequels should be. You know? The, you, you take the, the pop culture, like, adoration... In Shrek One, and you bring it to, you know, the next level, but it's also somehow even more tasteful than Shrek One's, which at times might seem like it's just doing movie skits for the sake of doing it. Like, let's admit it, you know, the part where Robin Hood shows up and sings his little song, uh, great and everything, but like the Matrix parody in the middle of that, definitely a sign of the times. Shrek Two, you've got none of that except for maybe like. The, the the cops reference but it's the knights and it's knights instead <laughs> that's pretty uh, also the dvd has that like far far away idol um yes with simon cow that that's a pretty big that's um, such of the time that's such a good like gag or no I, the dvd menu in track two alone is uh, like probably why it's oh one god of movies out yeah because it, it changed the game you know for dvd each, menus each section talks, you know, each section is a character. Yeah. Incredible. And so yeah. when you when it's like it's like going to live theater and seeing, you know, like actors <laughs> out on stage before, you know, the, the opening of the current of, of the curtains, you know, they're just in that blue light acting. That's Shrek too. True. It's it's all a show, if you yeah. will. Also just yeah, uh, like not even argument probably the funniest track probably of the bunch yeah best soundtrack best soundtrack oh god yeah too especially when they go to the <laughs> far far away land that song they use when they're coming in the that one i love that song i don't know what what it's called but it's <laughs> i like the oh funky town funky town yes Bro, I, I really like the, the opening, like the Counting Crows opening. So, 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 what's the problem, baby? <laughs> yeah. What's the problem? Copyright, copyright. Copyright. Keep, keep doing that. We can only sing Fuck. one stanza, and that's like not even a stanza. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a poem now. It's the Counting Crows poetry. <laughs> is, is All-Star poetry if you break it down that way like every song you know since it has choruses and verses i mean it's it's a form of poetry yeah yeah everything's po i mean all songs are poetry but... another way to solidify a shrek too is art right there true it is i mean at this point okay 
Yeah. So yeah, Shrek Two, obviously very good. Ten out of ten masterpiece. I I I genuinely do think yeah it's no. a ten out of ten movie. Like I yeah. I've seen it so many times in my yeah. life, and I I'm not tired yet, man. I'm not gonna lie. Um, me neither, man. It's a great f- fucking movie. Yeah. All memes aside, love Shrek Two. <laughs> okay, here's another hot question coming in. Okay. If you could have Tommy Wiseau play any role outside of his infamous role in the room, what would it be? And this comes from Sarah. Hmm. I want to see Tommy Wiseau as like Hans Gruber, you know, like Die Hard. <laughs> yes. He'd be like, give me the code, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> And and Alexander Webb, for there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> oh my God! How are you? How do you intend to stop us, Mister Cowboy? I uh, I never thought of that. Like I could, I don't know how you. Like just like that was like on just like immediately you're like I'd like to see him as Hans Gruber. Like I don't, I mean, but it's a perfect fit. But like I don't know. I keep every time I think of like Tommy Wiseau, I I don't even think of the room anymore. I I just think of his audition tapes for the Joker. Mm. Do you have you I seen? I think it'd those? be really interesting. Yes, yes, I think it'd be so fucking interesting. I to know see a big studio back a Tommy Wiseau lead joker movie <laughs> that'd be amazing i want them to do that please waste money on that please like that's 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 honestly what i want to see that's what i want to see we live in a society mark <laughs> what can i say mark, <laughs> we live in a society <laughs> my father he hit me one day he put a little teacup in my mouth he said why so serious <laughs> i can't believe it <laughs> can't believe it i Okay, I actually, I gave it a little bit more thought. Um, I want to see, you know, the room is supposed to be like this big relationship drama, you know, like all about a man being destroyed by his fiance's affair, you know, but like put him in the midst of like a real relationship movie, like put him in Marriage Story, you know, he's Adam Driver's character maybe. Or fuck it, even Scarlett Johansson. But you know, just Heck imagine yeah. how much more powerful that that like fight scene could be. It's like every day I wake up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I god! I wish you would die in an accident. <laughs> god. <laughs> Can we get somebody to edit that? Like, <laughs> I'm sure there's enough Tommy Wiseau material. To just no, re-edit like, that scene. Have you seen the 19-minute like YouTube edit of Tommy Wiseau in Star Wars? I I I think I've seen snippets of it on Twitter. There's like this amazing, just like it goes into all three trilogies. It's it's like this romance between Tommy Wiseau and Anakin. It's like I love you, darling, and Anakin's like no. I'm so in love with you, and it's so well edited. Like oh it seems God. like they're talking to each other, and I mean, both performances are bad enough that you're like, okay, right. yeah, they could be from the same movie. <laughs> right. I need to, I need to look that up. That's funny. It's real good. Are you uh, Are you ready for 
the next grit question. Yes. Okay. Okay. Why was Percy Jackson such a bad adaptation when Chris, and I think this refers to Chris Columbus, the director, Mm -hmm. um, did such a good job with Harry Potter? And this comes from Andrew. Mm. Did, um, Did Chris Columbus also do Percy Jackson? Apparently. Um, Hold on, I gotta look this up. I don't up. know if that's Sea of Monsters or only the first one. I never saw the second Percy Jackson movie, so I, I actually can't speak to that one at all. Oh my um, god, he did. He, he did The Lightning Thief. Um, and Thor Frudenthal did this, the second one. Um, oh, so he... <laughs> I mean, to give I mean, you... He just fucked up the first one. <laughs> I mean... That's a good question. I don't... Here's the thing. Um, With Percy Jackson, um, specifically The Lightning Thief, you know, directed by Chris Columbus, um, I think... So, Rick Riordan wrote the Percy Jackson series. Rick Riordan has written... Is it it Riordan or Riordan? I've never. I actually don't know. Oh, Riordan. Oh, I've always. I've always said Riordan. Yeah. Oh, I've always. I've been. I've been a guy that says Riordan. <laughs> Whoa. You, Maybe it's that's like some extreme shit right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Harry Potter. I mean, Chris only did the first two. Um. Yeah. Which Chamber that, Secrets? Yeah. Stone, to clarify. Which I mean, they fit. Um, the the tone of like you know because they're younger and it feels it, it, he has a way of making things feel super you know magical, um, and but with the lightning thief, one, it's a lot uh darker uh, you know, themes I guess or not maybe themes I mean Harry Potter's dark too but the lightning thief starts off pretty strong pretty you know boom boom boom. Uh, and you know, if you look at Chris Columbus's uh, filmography, he's done you know two Home Alone movies, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, Pixels, you know. Pixels. You know, I was just about to say Pixels. If you weren't going to go there, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think he's just not maybe used to the the darkness of it. Also, the movie is a complete bastardization of the book. Um, with Harry Potter, this, it's a little this bit. This goes beyond director stuff. Yeah. Like I, I feel like this question is kind of unfair to chris columbus like as as average of a director as he is like the problem with percy jackson is definitely the script like they really fucked up mm-hmm. that source material then there's just like a lot of needless changes that were always going to hinder this adaptation i think that's the number one thing chamber of secrets has or i mean like those first two harry potter's movies have on percy jackson is that they're like very strict and like very faithful adaptations to their yeah. books like they cut a lot of material but like they keep the important stuff in and exactly. Percy Jackson just changes shit you know? mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I was also gonna say that you know wasn't you know J.K. Rowling was also kind of like guiding you know the produ- production of Harry Potter through um, she is one of the few authors that worked closely with the Harry Potter films um, if I remember correctly, and I, I don't think Rick Riordan or um, would have would have done that with Percy Jackson. 
you know, I, I, I just don't think, because, I mean, I remember being really excited for the movie, and uh, it's really bad. I think it's, I think it's more of like a, a producer, sort of like a studio thing, uh, more than it was uh, Christopher Columbus's fault. Because, I don't know, the movie is uh, very different from other stuff he's done, like very, very different. Um, probably a lot of studio pushback, to be honest with you. Mm. That that made it a mess. Yeah, I I feel like that's got to be it. Like studios just thinking like, well, the material isn't good enough as it is. We've got to like, because there's like some weird, um, I think song licensing shit that's in the lightning thief that just seems kind of frivolous and like there's definitely more attempts to make it like a straight up comedy rather than the book which treated it more like you know straight up greek mythology infused with a healthy dose of comedy like i remember percy jackson books like Mm -hmm. they all slap if i remember correctly right no yeah they definitely they're good books um adaptations man Adaptations. That's all, that's what you can chalk it up to, probably. Hey, speaking of adaptations, I'm gonna adapt this question into a podcast form okay. right here. Aliens arrive. They're evaluating Earth's cultural progress, and you're the first contact. What film do you show the aliens to convince them to not decimate humanity? And this question comes from Sam. I haven't seen it, but I feel like it's the actually. Ooh, no, I have, uh, I have two. One I've seen, one I haven't seen. Um, I feel like Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life would be a good one. This kind of encapsulates the human experience, uh, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, but one I would show them maybe to show that we are of a, a little bit higher intelligence and we're getting there is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, Probably. you that, you went straight with the with the art house. Yeah, I mean like artsy boy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta go. I mean, you can't show them the Hollywood Schwollywood shit. You gotta you gotta go straight to art house, in my opinion. Well, technically, two thousand one was Hollywood, but you know, I don't know. Like, case. let's say the aliens don't have a great understanding of like film as a medium. Like, I'm thinking. They, uh, well, oh, it does say they're evaluating Earth's cultural progress. So my, my initial thought was like, let's show them Independence Day to show them, you know, <laughs> you don't mess with Earth. <laughs> don't decimate us. We, we know how to send Will Smith on spaceships to like to <laughs> kill you guys. That, you know what? Actually, I've never seen Independence Day all the way through. I just think that's probably the ending. <laughs> what? I love that movie. I mean, but hey, um, not a bad idea. (laughs) But I think probably cultural progress is what they want to see. Yeah, they want to see some sophistication. Yeah, I see now why you picked some some artsier films, and now I need to I need to step up my my class act. I think I'm going to show them Arrival because. Ooh, Not only yeah. will they be like, ooh, these guys are really great at talking to aliens. <laughs> They're going to also think. Um, 
wow they see time non-linearly and that's really cool i don't even think we as a species do that like we didn't even grasp that concept before we came here um (laughs) and you know clearly these guys have interacted with enough aliens in the past that you know they must be chill in the galaxy and we're just you know we're we're just gonna let them be we're not gonna blow them up um and then we'll show them the rick and morty episode where the giant face uh holds a competition (laughs) for planets and blows up the losers no let's just let's just show them the entire four seasons of uh rick and morty (laughs) what yeah what do you think is the most offensive thing we can show them like what would really piss aliens off like (laughs) oh (laughs) um any um any melissa mccarthy comedy that's basically yeah just any any movie that Melissa McCarthy is in that started out as an SNL sketch and somehow they stretched to a 90-minute comedy <laughs> would be the most offensive. It's the most offensive to me. but Yeah, I think we could show them, like, have you heard of this movie, Freddy Got Fingered? Oh, uh, that sounds oddly familiar. It's 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 pretty notorious as just being one of the worst movies ever. And I mean, just from the title, like I feel like you hear all you need to hear. Like it's it's crass and not good and just like not tasteful in any way. And I feel like aliens would be like if if they're analyzing us as a culture, I feel like they are going to be unimpressed watching Freddy Got Fingered. I mean, they're going to look at the DVD alone and be like, "Really, dudes? <laughs> this is your best." This is where you're at as a species. This this shit. Or just yeah. like any modern Adam Sandler movie, you know, like Jack and Jill especially. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Show them grown-ups too to really offend Ugh. them. Or pixels. I hate the grown-ups movies, man. I think those have got to be I two think... of my least favorite movies of all time. Really? I, I I think the yeah, first one's got them. some good jokes here and there, but the second one's a complete train wreck. Oh, yeah. The second one, that was the thing. I was like, I hated the first one, and then I saw the second one. I was like, damn, Grown Ups 1 looking like a 10 over there. <laughs> right? <laughs> damn, Adam Sandler has really gone downhill since 2010. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Since 2010. Bro, Adam Sandler has gone down since the early 2000s. Since the late 90s, let's be honest. Let's be honest. I think Uncut Gems, though, was that big comeback that I needed to see out of him. It's true. Is he going to do anything else, though? That's the question. No, not on his own. Like He has to have another creative vision come in and direct it. That's why Punch Drunk Love is good. It's it's Paul Thomas Anderson. That's true. Adam Sandler, what to do? You know. Yeah, yeah, true. It's it's uh, he's a great dramatic actor. If he would just let himself be dramatic, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, what what's the Noah Bombach movie? The Miserwitz stories. Miserwitz the Mankov or the yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Mank Mankovich. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not caught up on Noah Bombach's uh, filmography. Hey, me neither. So why even go there? Want to yeah. want to go somewhere else, man? Yeah, yeah. Let's go somewhere else. To 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 another beautiful question planet. Um, okay. 
what is the best biopic you've seen? Biopic. Sorry, I said that weird. And this question comes from Blake. Okay, the best biopic? Well, the answer to that will be right after this short break. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Wow, that was an exciting break. Casey, did you, uh, did you have time to confirm your answer while that suspenseful intermission was playing slash light intermission slash whatever you edited in? <laughs> uh, I did. I had some time. There are... You know, the biopic is a is a genre that is they're really hard to do. Um, yeah. Whenever I think of biopic, I normally go to musical biopic because uh, those those are the most. You know, my mind immediately goes to things like um, Rocket Man and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and the Dewey Cox story, which that's a satire of the musical biopic. But either way, um, yeah. Uh, but just like about like a biopic about somebody you know honestly I think the most cohesive uh, most entertaining and most interesting one I've seen is probably and it's a new one it's probably Mank Um, really? yeah I really really enjoy Mank Mank's I mean Mank is great I I did love Mank a lot Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely David Fincher's touch there, though. Like, you definitely. Know, like, if he's gonna do a biopic, he's not gonna half-ass it like a lot of other directors might. And I mean, true. God damn. Do, yeah. Do you think we could do stylized biopics? You know, like, if they, I mean, like all biopics kind of play fast and loose with like history, but like, I feel like this one might play a little too much. What 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 are you thinking? I have a couple of ideas in my mind that what you're thinking about, but well, I just watched it, but I was really impressed with it. I I really love Amadeus. Oh yeah, that's one I still but need to it's, watch. It's completely based on like fiction, like the 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 rival composer idea is is not real, like uh. Oh shoot! Let me look at his name because it's Italian. Oh, Salieri and Mozart did not like have a feud in real life, and there's no hint that like one might have been trying to kill the other. But, right. Like, it makes for a great period piece and mm-hmm. a lovely movie. Oh, you know what, Casey? The Social what? Network totally counts. As oh my god! As well, I feel like yes. that's like a very obvious choice as well. And another Fincher, you know another venture for sure yeah yeah and i was also thinking um two other uh ones that came out around the same time that kind of gave me the same vibes uh that were both pretty good um i tanya and molly's game are both solid Mm. as well 
Um, I need to see both of those. I haven't. Yeah, you definitely need to watch Molly's Game. Um, I Tanya's good too. Um, Margot Robbie is probably the best part about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, none of the think about it. Like, there's a lot of like good biopics. Like, um, like technically, all of Scorsese's mob movies are biopics because they're true. based on real gangsters, like Henry Hill and Goodfellas, which would probably make it my favorite biopic ever because it's like one of my favorite movies, right? Ever. Um, the, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street as well. That's Definitely. Jordan Belfort. Definitely. Like, yeah, there's damn. a lot. What do you... I mean, if you had to pick between, like, what people usually think of a biopic, though, like a musical biopic, what would you do? Uh, a musical biopic? Yeah, I don't, I don't have too many I like all that much. I don't... Personally. Excuse me. I don't either. Um, I think, I don't know, like Rocket Man was like, most of Rocket Man was pretty good. Um, but it's kind of like all, all cosmetics, you know, is, is probably why it, I, I think of it, um, first, um, I don't know, like musical wise, uh, Hmm. Yeah, me either. Like, I don't really like Bohemian Rhapsody all that oh, much. Oh God! Like, oh God! No, I hate people's favorites. But I just like what a way to butcher like an interesting life, like and, mm-hmm. and make it duller on screen and and fit like a very corporate image. And then also the editing in Bohemian Rhapsody is still like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, hey, at least, I mean, obviously, I mean, we haven't said it, um, but, like, we are kind of, we're all kind of thinking it, like, we don't want to be those guys to say, like, but, like, obviously the best, um, most accurate biopic uh, is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, yeah, that one. I know everybody's thinking that, but. I just. I, I didn't want to say I it. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, let it out. Like, I didn't want to disappoint people, you know, because, obviously, yeah. that might not be, like. I mean, we're all tired of talking about how historically accurate and yet how thought-provoking Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is. But yeah, I mean, we just need to we just need to address it, regardless. Yeah, it's probably the best one, you know. You know what's also the best one? Yeah, the, what this 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 next viewer question? But it's not the best one. It's equally the best one with all the other right. ones we've answered so far. Because they're all they're because they're all great. Right. This one is What's a movie you could rewatch endlessly? And this is from Kennedy. Mm. Mm mm mm. That's some good water. Um, <laughs> um Ooh, let me have movie. some. Uh, oh, here you go. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, some of the finest. Good, right? May I have another? May I have another? Yeah, yeah, go ahead here. Oh my. Yes. Whoa. Waters of life right there. That's some good stuff. On this holiday? Yeah. This one? <laughs> this water? What'd you put? Good tasting juice Slapped. in there? God dang. <laughs> good tasting juice. You're on That's one tonight, brother. You watch endlessly, Casey. I mean, um, I'm not I'm not I'm not on anything, and that's a fact. <laughs> okay. 
Um, that's a 420 fact, and I guarantee it. Okay. You heard it they here celebrate for... Celebrate responsibly, people in the audience. I don't know what 420 is, but... True. Just be... Whatever it be is. Good about it. Yeah. Well, um... There's a couple that I could rewatch over and over and over and over again. The first one's Monsters Inc. Um, that's one of my favorites Ooh. of all time. Um, that's some hot boy shit. Yeah. I, another. This is a fun one, um, and uh, it has like sort of a cult following of people who like love it and will fight to the absolute death for it. And I am one of those people, and that is Tron Legacy. I will. I could rewatch Tron that movie. Legacy. Fucking slaps. I mean, oh my if God. not for the movie, for the Daft Punk. For oh the Daft Punk soundtrack alone. Like, yes. Sure. It's, I think it is a very undervalued, underappreciated movie. Yes, I, I recognize the story flaws, but come on. That movie is gorgeous, and the soundtrack, there has never been a soundtrack that fit its movie better than Tron Legacy. And it was done by Daft Punk, and Daft Punk is in the movie. You, come on. Come on, guys! I that, could rewatch that, that movie all sick. day. Like I've, yeah. I've only watched it once, actually, when it was in theaters. But I remember really, really being into Tron Legacy. I've never even seen the original Tron. I feel like I'm not missing too much. I feel, it feels like Tron Legacy has continued. Yeah, the ideas that Tron set out, you know, pretty well. Yeah, it seems uh, like they they kind of expanded that. Y- yeah, uh, you're, you're pretty right on the money. I'm a Tron enthusiast. I uh, I've seen the original. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've seen the original and uh, I've seen the legacy probably fifty five thousand times. And um, the 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 watching the original only enhances your viewing of Tron Legacy. But let me tell you, Tron the very first Tron, um, Tron Legacy is what Tron wanted to be like when it came out, but was limited by its technology. Which is still, it's still pretty astounding what they were able to do yeah. in that movie at that time. But Tron Legacy definitely ups the game Put there. Put some tape on some Frisbees. I mean, Exactly, really... exactly. That's what, that's how they did the effects, right? Or my, uh, they did something with the Frisbees. Honestly, some of it was computer-generated graphics. Um, oh, yeah, like very early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's what inspired John Lasseter to found Pixar was Tron was seeing Tron uh, when he was uh, when he was younger in his prime. Uh, and that's crazy. Yeah, that's what inspired him, and he got the funding to do short films and go to the SIGGRAPH Awards, um, where he debuted uh, the first Pixar short, and uh, eventually they gave him funding. And we're for not going to get too far into the future yeah. with John Lasseter's. <laughs> that's true. There, you know, that's like, true. We'll just cut it off. Right there in the glory days. How about that? Right. Yeah, let's just do that. What's your pick, though? Ooh. Okay. Well, one of them, for sure. Jurassic Park. Oh, I yes. Jurassic Park is, like, the best blockbuster mm-hmm. probably ever made. Because, um, I mean, it's just the right amount of, like, smart and funny and, like, just, like, great ideas that, mm-hmm. you know, makes the audience think, but also makes them go, oh, holy shit. <laughs> right. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Like, I, I would not be surprised if I have watched Jurassic Park like around 50 times in my lifetime. Like, oh, I don't, yeah, me too. I don't know. I owned five but, like, different copies of it. <laughs> it's so good. Every yeah. single time. Like, mm-hmm. it, it never gets old. Mm-hmm. And even like today, like, I go, like, 
oh that's so smart you know mm-hmm. like wow i can't believe they thought of that like yeah and the effects look great fuck jurassic park's just a perfect little movie yeah i love it it's i'm gonna give it a little kiss on the forehead it, it, you know what i will too Mwah. what's what's crazy adding on to what you said about the effects in jurassic park none of it look none of it took me out of the movie and it still doesn't like everything in that movie holds up you know uh Fucking 27 years later. It's insane. That shit's just real, man. Yeah. Jurassic Park. I mean, that's just real to me. Those were dinosaurs. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, And then another banger. I probably haven't watched it as many times as Jurassic Park, but it's also just an equally perfect makes me feel right at home. Like, this, these are my comfort movies, essentially, too. Like, just... Ask me, like, what's a movie I'd put on if I'm sick and at home. Like, Princess Bride. I love that movie. Heck yeah. So much. That's like, a great comfort movie. Rob Rob Reiner is just such a great director that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough in modern day conversations. Because he did so much for comedy movies. And also for, like, non-comedy movies. I mean, Misery is another great Rob Reiner movie, but... Princess Bride's just so, like, every line of dialogue is just so iconic, and it's so funny, mm-hmm. and it's just so warm and, like, self-aware, too. Like, it's it's that movie that, you know, it breaks the fourth wall occasionally, but it doesn't ever get on your nerves, or it doesn't feel like they're doing too much with it. The right level of meta, if you will. For sure, yeah. It's crazy. I just love that movie so much. So the, those two, for me, I think. They're, oh, yeah. I could name a lot, but those are definitely the ones that come to mind right now. I have an inverse to that question. Do you want to hear it? Oh, heck a, yeah. A, a nega question, if you will. Let's do it. What's funny is that question came from my girlfriend, and this question comes from your girlfriend. So they're like, you know, like the, the positive side of a magnet and the negative side, but like not negative in a bad way or positive in a bad way. Just like, you know how magnets work. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. That was quite the, (laughs) to quote the insane clown posse, magnets, how the fuck do they work? (laughs) Oh my, this is the mind over movies podcast where we quote insane clown posse. We're all juggalos here. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're a juggalo. Look, all 350 people in the live studio audience and myself and Casey, we're all raising our hands. Yeah. You can't see it, but it's a fact. Just t- just take my word for this. <laughs> Magnets aside, what movies will you never watch again? And this question comes from Donna. Movies will I never watch again? Yeah, you're never going to watch these movies again, man. <sighs> the Emoji Movie. Definitely one of them. Ooh. That's rough. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, that's pro- that's my top pick. I'm never going to watch that movie again. I wouldn't I wouldn't go see it. I wouldn't seek it out. Like I mm. I, I I didn't even do it for the meme. I just I wanted to not be near that movie. No, I w- me and Remington made the mistake of doing it for the meme and it was not good. Mm-mm. Never do it for the meme, man. Just live your life. Be happy. Stay away from that stuff. 
Uh, I will also never watch uh, The Human Centipede again. Oh, God. I can't... You know, I can't even think about the concept of that movie without gagging. I know. That's like... (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) I don't know how those movies got so popular. Like, what... I guess I I just don't understand the concept of like film torture porn, you know, just like watching movies that consist the whole runtime is just people suffering. Like what? What's in it for me? <laughs> What's yeah. Entertainment. Like I I can do it like in a story where of like a tragedy, but like I don't know if I could take physical torture like that for a whole movie like even old boy which is a movie that has notoriously like hard to watch torture stuff Mm -hmm. like you know at least it's only part of the movie (laughs) yeah exactly no yeah i like i i would rather like i don't know it's like movies like that have merit to them shit like the human centipede uh fucking uh the emoji movie <laughs> you know that's just torture because it's so mm. gross it's very bad it's um i don't know also uh freaking um uh what is that movie oh a wrinkle in time that movie is torture to me that movie is really? absolute torture to me like yeah like that and 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 batman uh, v superman dawn of justice just absolute torture wow. just i cannot sit through it i would re- i would rather I, I watch fun do, do you know what the original batman v superman title was going to be that Zack snyder wanted the the what the original title the original title yeah like that Zack snyder wanted no what was it you're never gonna like no it's night of night and son of the sun no, like, no. K N I G H T of night, and sun S O N of the, no wait sun yeah, S O N of the sun S U N. That's that's stupid. That's, that's so stupid to be. No, absolutely not. I mean, is he wrong? Batman is a knight of the night, and Superman does get his power from the sun, so I mean, like, it'd be kind of deep. You know, you bring, okay, this this reminds me of something that I saw, I saw somebody review this, uh, somebody that I know actually, uh, said he rewatched Batman v Superman, and he gave it a higher rating, and he's like, I've come to, to terms with the fact that Zack Snyder is not out to make DC comic movies. He's out to make a movie, a story, his own story, but with these characters. And so thinking of that and thinking about what he wanted like it to be called, it makes sense. Like that has mm-hmm. a whole new meaning. It's like, yeah, obviously, like it's his story. So I uh I've been thinking about the movie I wouldn't want to see. What? Again. Tell me. Tell me. I I th- I think, like, number one that comes to my mind is uh, Transformers, Age of Extinction. Like, I, oh, just, I feel yes. tired just thinking about that movie. <laughs> just the whole thing. 
And I mean, I think you could apply that to probably the whole like Michael Bay Transformers franchise, but specifically that one, because it's like three hours long and it's got the fucking part where the guy is like, oh, I'm 22 and she or like I'm 22 and she's 17. But when we started dating, that was (laughs) that wasn't the case. The Romeo and Juliet laws. Means I can bang your fucking daughter, bro. <laughs> no, disgusting. Every, everything that's bad about Michael Bay, and then on top of that, the like CGI is like really bad too. Yeah. One, like I can't even say the visual effects are well done. Which, I mean, usually in a Michael Bay movie, you can at least say, well, I mean, the explosion looks pretty nice right now. But, right. <laughs> They progressively so get worse, though. Wait, is the next one even worse? I didn't see it. Like, I finally... You know, with some franchises, you can hate watch them for a certain amount of time, but you gotta drop out after a while. It's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> That's where I'm at with Transformers. But last night, is that bad? Too? Oh, like, oh, so when you said Age of Extinction, my mind immediately went to the last night. But then I remembered that oh, those are two no. separate movies. And I hate them both equally. And somehow, I would rather watch Age of Extinction again than The Last Night. I will okay, never... That must be a really low bar. <laughs> okay. I I, uh, I took my friends to see The Last Night when it came out. Because the trailers had looked promising. And um, I hadn't read any reviews yet. And it was uh, like the first day it was on. And so we all went. We went out to dinner and stuff. And then we went and saw it. And two of my friends were asleep. Um, One of their girlfriends was mad. Very mad at them. And I was uh, getting actually pretty tired. I think I I fell asleep for a couple minutes during the movie. Uh, It was so bad. Um, Just an absolute shit fest. Uh, I wouldn't show this to my worst enemies. Um, So... That's where I'm at with the Transformers. I did see Bumblebee, though, because it's a different director. Kind of a soft reset. I heard Bumblebee was fun. Bumblebee was fun. Bumblebee was good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I honestly, like, I've just been a tra- fan of Transformers, like, the show, ever since I was little. And, like, that's all I want. It's just, like, one decent Transformers movie. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. Just, like, give me something. Something that... <laughs> You're right. Live a little on, you know. <laughs> Just a spoonful. <laughs> Just something nice to live piece. on a little. <laughs> you you know what I live on, Casey? Bread and butter. Our our questions that our <laughs> wonderful <laughs> fans ask us. What's the next? Are you one? ready for an- another? Okay. Um, it is clear that straight to streaming movies are becoming more and more relevant. How do you think cinema houses will push against this? Is there any way for them to? Is the experience of going to the movies enough to keep them alive? And this question comes from Ashton. So this is a really good question. Um, <clears throat> the um, the I uh, I spoke to um, the uh, owner of the Kinder Drive-In. Um, the drive-in theater in Marshall um, used to work there and stuff and I was uh, speaking with her asking her how um, 
they're doing basically, you know, through COVID and then everything going to streaming and stuff. And she said, honestly, the, the, the streaming stuff had not really hurt their, uh, people coming to the drive-in. Now, granted, this is a drive-in, so it's a whole other experience, but, um, uh, she said, it, she said it had done too bad. The only thing that was hindering them is, you know, no, nobody's releasing anything. Um, mm. like we're just now starting to release stuff, but the, the, the streaming move, um, you can already see theaters kind of like trying to make up for that with uh, different experiences within like a theater experience. For example, Cinemark is doing the uh, thing where you can rent out a theater for a hundred dollars and watch whatever movie you want to watch, uh, basically. And, uh, that is super cool. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll definitely bring, you know, uh, more people in, but I don't necessarily think, uh, the theater has a whole lot to offer, um, in, in terms of like updating the experience, I guess, you know, we have, we have XD theaters, we have 3d in some cities like California and LA, they get, they got a 5d movie theater, which it's like a, a ride at that point, which is actually really cool. I've been to one that's super, super awesome. But I, I the streaming, the only thing streaming has going for it, it or streaming new movies is the fact that one, it's it's free, minus your you know fifteen twenty dollar monthly subscription, and two, you can watch it at your own house. But there are certain movies, uh, and honest, granted, a lot of movies, especially during the summertime, like blockbusters, that you, I wouldn't want to watch, you know, on my own TV at my own house. I'd want to go into a theater with a huge, you know. 260 inch screen with uh, surround sound blaring my brains out uh, as I watch a monkey beat the shit out of a giant lizard. There's something <laughs> that streaming can never take away from theaters. Uh, and uh, that's just like the experience of just of just the movie theater in general. I don't think they'll have to do anything special, uh, especially since the biggest threat to theaters is this HBO Max uh, straight to theaters and straight to streaming same day thing. Uh, that's going to end in a year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the 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 experience alone is enough to to help people come back. Um, in my opinion, I think that would be the smartest move. Is like prey on how much people miss social interaction. I mean, I think that's yeah. what's gonna get people back into movie theater seats is like you know before covid we all would complain about like the people who were talking too loud at the movie theater or like cracking jokes at inopportune times but now we're like fuck where are those annoying teenagers right we need them <laughs> yeah what, what happened to the high schoolers or someone who's like very clearly smoking weed right now in the middle of this showing of it for some right like, <laughs> yeah you know? Where right. are you people? Yeah. Uh, I And I, I truly think that, like, yeah, like like you said, there's just some elements of going to a theater that can't be replaced on streaming. I do think that, like, the appeal of the theater as the special event that people go to is dying out. And, like, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely cool with watching things on streaming services. So... In, in fact, I'm a little bit ashamed, like, not ashamed, but I'm a little bit sad to to learn that HBO Max has already decided to quit this experiment of 
releasing films on their platform at the same time i thought this was a good way to like kind of innovate movie going as we know and you know like Mm -hmm. give theater chains more money when they show movies in their theaters while also having like the option available for streaming like it just seemed like Mm -hmm. a symbiotic relationship and i i guess that instead the streaming service feels parasitic which i'm like oh we got to figure this out where we can stream movies when they come out too. You know? Yeah. Like we got to find that perfect formula. It, it's, it's a little saddening to hear that like movies like Raya this year didn't do too well. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they're still mainly only on streaming services and also Cinemark wouldn't show the movie. That's the main reason I didn't go see it. Cinemark is, has some weird thing going on with Disney right now. Well, not weird. It's it's an understandable thing where they're not being paid enough to show Disney's movies. Oh yeah, in, it's in a... theaters, you know, like Disney still wants their big cut of everything, and it's like, um, well, yeah, someone's got to stand up to you, and so Cinemark is doing that. But oh, <coughs> I I think I think the movie going experience is surviving for now, but there may just come a day where it's not really sustainable for a lot of these like especially indie movie places Mm -hmm. to stay open movies like that especially um don't really warrant going to the theater in a lot of people's eyes like people really think like big action movies like star wars and marvel movies Mm -hmm. when they think why should i still go to the theater they don't really think like, oh, I need to see Yorgos Lanthimos is the favorite on like a big screen, even though they should. Even though they Slaps. should. Yeah. Yeah, I will see any film in a theater. I, it's not just uh, the big action movies. Like those are probably the most fun. But honest, I went and saw The Father in a theater. Um, oh, yeah. You wanted to cry on the big yeah, screen. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to cry on the big screen. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean... Yeah, we, you're right. We got to find a healthy formula here because the streaming thing—it's not—it's not all bad. It's, um, but it it with the Disney. What you said about you know they want huge cuts from ticket sales, seventy percent, um, mm-hmm. and they also are charging thirty dollars for premier access to Raya. That is probably the most that's the greediest thing i've ever seen and it's the stupidest thing and i i i no i'm not paying 30 dollars to watch a movie in my own home i'm not that's that's the stupidest thing you could ever ask the average american consumer and yet people do it like people still did it which pisses me off because it's like are you like come on like how desperate are you to watch this movie to where you're going to give this company $30 to sit in your own home and watch it on your own TV like that's ridiculous don't do that please don't do that but whatever <laughs> well <Anyway. laughs> uh so we can get a couple more questions in uh i'm going to i'm going to have us move on thank you for that question ashton really great yes conversation right there um what are your thoughts on the Coen Brothers slash what is your favorite Coen Brothers movie? And this question comes from Santana. Hmm. I think the Coen Brothers are genius. I think they work. Oh, yeah. I think they work within a established 
kind of, uh, I don't want to say genre, but kind of aesthetic. And they are very good at that aesthetic. And they know everything there is to know about this certain aesthetic. And they can apply it to multiple genres. Uh, and it works every freaking time. Uh, and I love them. And I would probably say my favorite Coen Brothers movie, probably uh, either, ugh, I don't know, there's, I don't want to sound like a normie here, but like, No Country for Old Men and Oh Brother Where Art Thou are, are both solid. I mean, solid. they're both great, dude. And, both, and, uh, right? And Fargo as well. Fargo's, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, Fargo is one of my favorite movies, just in general, and like yeah. so many of the Coen Brothers movies are. I feel like one that doesn't get enough love that I want to devote this little Coen Brothers segment to right now is uh, Raising Arizona. I think that's just one of the best comedy movies out there. Like, probably my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. Um, it's so fucking good. It's so charming and. I don't know that it's it's another movie that I feel like I could watch an innumerable amount of times and just like still enjoy it a great deal. Raising Arizona is so fucking good. And it's one of their earliest movies, too. So it's crazy to just see how long they've had their shtick down. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm always excited to see a Coen Brothers feature. They're not all winners. Like, I didn't really care for uh, Hail Caesar. I didn't love that too Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, that's one I um, haven't Lady seen. Lady Killers isn't all that great either. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I still want to see from them, like uh, Barton Fink. Have mm. you seen Barton Fink? I haven't. It's on my watch list. It's It looks right up our alley. Like yeah. screenwriter in Hollywood, struggling. Um, right. And honestly, I need to rewatch some, like Big Lebowski. I feel like I just have never had the full appreciation for that movie that I need to. I've only seen mm. it once. Me so, too. Me too. I mean, I liked what I, I mean, saw, but... Um, people bring it up around this time of year. I don't know why. <laughs> Again, if someone could explain what 420 is to us at some point, that would be really great. We're clueless. We we just don't know. Yeah, please. We, Somebody in the I comments. Mean, is it a film thing? I mean, literally. if it's a film thing, we'll we'll get it. But if it's not, I mean, we just is that ready? Just have no social cues. Is everybody <laughs> just celebrating the day our <laughs> no social cues? Is everybody celebrating the day our podcast comes out? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Every Tuesday, yeah, they, they show a lot of enthusiasm. Well, then for for completely unrelated reasons, then we have um, what might. My... <sighs> well, this is hard. Okay, we'll we'll do two more questions, but they're both from the same person. Sorry, we tried to do at least one question from everybody. We in no way have a favorite fan. We just have a really quick answer and then just also a really good question in here. So these next two questions come from Saxon. Um, first one is, what are some of the movies you're most embarrassed to not have seen? Oh, um... I definitely have a few. I definitely have a few. Um, Vertigo. I think Thelma. Ooh, Vertigo is good. Yeah. I mean, like, 
good for not having seen because I also haven't seen it. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I really need to watch Vertigo. Like, I'm very embarrassed that I haven't watched that. In that same train of thought, Hitchcock-wise, I, I have never seen Psycho. Ooh. Yeah. That one's really embarrassing. Like, to be to be any kind of cinephile and not have seen Psycho. That's right. Crazy. Yeah. You need to catch up on that one, though. That one's good. I know. What's something else? What's something else you haven't seen, Casey? Um, well, uh... I was very embarrassed to say I hadn't seen Thelma and Luis, but that all changed yesterday. I watched Thelma and Luis yesterday, so. Oh my god! I was gonna say that's one that I haven't seen. Yeah, it's so super. You probably good. knew because I said Thelma. Yeah, I heard you say Thelma, and it triggered me. I was like, "Wait a minute! I watched that last night." And I was like, "Oh, that was one I, I was embarrassed that. I hadn't seen." Oh, psychic connection going on here, right? What the <laughs> hell? Um. um I'm also I'm I'm pretty embarrassed to not have seen um oh I just had it in my head. There's like some oh Brokeback Mountain. I've oh. always like heard such great things about it. Yeah. And it's got Heath Ledger and it's got Jake Gyllenhaal like there's only a bunch of elements I could love and yet I've never seen the goddamn movie. Same. What's going I on with that? I know dude, me neither. I uh I really need to I need to watch it. And also, um, the third Lord of the Rings movie, Return of the King. Still haven't that seen that so one. That is so embarrassing. I know. I would, I would just poop my pants and leave the show. <laughs> Probably will. But yeah. Thank goodness. Get out of here, stinky. <laughs> okay. And here's just another question from Saxon. What are some of your favorite drug movies? In in honor of whatever people are talking about today, I, I true. still can't figure it out. I, so. I don't know, dude. Um, it beats me. I don't know if I... I don't really watch a lot of, like, drug movies. I know, like, probably, like, everybody's answer is... Or I don't want to say everybody's, but one of the top dogs up there is Pineapple Express. But I hated I've Pineapple Express. It. Oh. I don't think it's good. It's just Seth Rogen laughing and coughing for an hour and a half, and it's not funny. I don't find it. Maybe it's funny to people who are like really like really enjoy this 420 holiday or whatever. Um, but I don't find it funny. I don't find it amusing, interesting, or any anything. Uh, I'm just not a big fan. Um, I think that is one that you're supposed to have like experienced. You know. Probably. In, in order to like enjoy it or fully um, appreciate it yeah most definitely and and i feel like one of my favorite drug movies it, it's kind of the same way um but like i think that you can probably appreciate it regardless is um fear and loathing in las vegas like that mm. movie is incredible but it also is like definitely <laughs> filmed with the intention of you know, creating an effect of, of drug. Um, oh, I don't know the word I'm looking for right now. I want to say drug vision, but I mean, that is kind of what it's going for. It's like, it wants to show you the mind of these characters mm -hmm. as they're like screwed up on like any kind of substance you can think of throughout the entire movie. Right. And it's, it's, it's compelling still though. That's what's crazy about it to me is it's like two, it's almost two and a half hours and it's yeah. so compelling. I loved it. 
like start that's, to finish it became one of my new favorite movies in general that's that's one of those movies that i'm again embarrassed to say i haven't watched yet oh it's, you gotta do it terry gilliam slaps man just yeah. anything he does usually is just so good do you like 12 monkeys i haven't seen 12 monkeys <gasps> you should be embarrassed <laughs> i know i know i should i've recently heard like i've 12 monkeys has popped up like somehow in my like search for films and stuff and i've saw some um discourse about or not discourse just like some people talking about it and i'm like oh that sounds like right up my alley why haven't i ever heard of this movie i need to watch it um so i don't know i guess Um, my favorite drug movie is is uh freaking uh oh my god would inherent vice count yeah yeah there's enough drug use in that movie i guess yeah i uh (laughs) I don't know. That movie's interesting to me. Uh, so I guess that's my drug movie. I don't know. <laughs> I I think another great one. Well, it's not very fun per se, but it's kind of fun. Train spotting. Train spotting. Oh yeah. Is great. Well, train spotting is super depressing, but it's also great. I love it. Um, and Danny Boyle has just had a really great career since train spotting. Like true. I mean, Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours, which I think 127 Hours can count as a biopic, too. Fuck it. <laughs> true, true. See, it all ties together, man. True. It all, it all links back. I like Slumdog uh, Millionaire. That's a random thought there, but I do. I like that movie. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it a lot. You know, yeah. like, if people shit on it because mm-hmm. they wanted something else to win Best Picture. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Slumdog Millionaire, not a bad choice. Yeah, and that was like one of the first rated R movies I was allowed to watch. <laughs> really? Yeah, because like, I mean, I think my parents just wanted to watch it because it was like a Best Picture nominee. Mm. They let me watch it too. It was chill. Uh, I don't really remember too many terrible parts, except I think like there's a part where the guy scoops this girl's eyeballs out or something i don't know or maybe oh i don't he's just blinding her i there's something terrible right (laughs) (laughs) i actually haven't seen it since i was about 11 or something i i I actually i only watched it a couple years ago so uh i don't remember the eyeball scene but i remember a lot of like other stuff about it that i was like this is not a bad movie at all. I was like, why are people mad at this movie? Because <laughs> I thoroughly I think enjoyed it. it's a bit silly. You know, like, oh, he knows every question. So we're going to flash back to how he knows, like, every question. On, on yeah, but it's damn entertaining. I'll say that. It's entertaining. Yeah. And it's 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 cool. That's why I, I like it. A, it gets the seal of approval from my right? number movies. It's a... It's a good movie, and you shouldn't feel ashamed if you like it. Yeah. It's approved by mom. Well, Casey, those those are all the questions we had time for today. We didn't get through. Uh, we didn't get through every question asked, but um, I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed doing this. Did you? Yes. Did you like it. Yes. Let's do it again. Yeah, and you know, if you guys want, um, we can do this, like, as a segment on the show. Like, we always talk about, like, the movies we've seen and stuff, but, you know, if you ever have questions for the show that you want answered, we can we can dedicate part of it 
to answering questions. I mean, tell us what you think about that idea or heck yeah, you know, just talk to us on Twitter. We'll usually interact back with anyone who who sees our stuff. Uh, yeah, but this was great. Thank you all for submitting so many great questions. Yes, it. We really ones. were thinking like there wasn't going to be enough, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. True. And and it's they had to being... cut some. Yeah. That's that's good. Like, they 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 pretty much, I don't know. These were such great questions too. Like, the this conversation really carried itself. Thank you. Yeah. Like everyone again, we can't believe it. All three hundred fifty people in the live studio audience, go ahead and give yourselves. Yeah, everybody, go ahead. They're excited. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, thank you, everybody. Again. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, next week, I think we will be doing our Falcon and Winter Soldier complete spoiler deep dive. So series review, uh, heck yeah! Catch up on that if you haven't seen it yet. Um, yes, we'll be talking about it next Tuesday. Hmm, it's the it's the big one. I'm really excited to talk about the series, not in cryptic language <laughs> and in code. Oh my god! Yeah, we've been we've been really sidestepping a lot of shit. Yeah. But, oh, I'm going to pop my neck there. It all ends nah, this Friday, this coming Friday. So let's do it. Let's oh finish strong. Gosh. I'm excited. I um, am too. But And I'll reserve that for, for then. But um, Yeah. If you know what 420 is, please reach out. We're dying to know. Uh, and we can't we can't possibly tell why our podcast releasing on this date has any significance. So yeah. Um, anyway, really here's this very generic stoner music for absolutely no reason at all. That's royalty free. Uh, play us yeah. out. Play us out. All right. See ya.